Gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Sabrina, hello. Oh, well, hello, Tets. How are you, my friend? Look, I'm all the better for having you here. Uh, I know, it's such glorious gardening weather. <laughs> at, at between 5.30am yes. and about 10.30. Yes, That's indeed. Gardening time. Let's get into today's topic, uh, yes. Sabrina. And it is hot out there. Mm. It's almost... Now, I had, we had a person the other day telling us that if you ate chilli in the heat, yeah. you perspire and the cool breeze comes across your face and it is a good thing to keep you cool in the heat. Well, that's if there is a cool breeze. But unfortunately, there's a bloody hot easterly, which is as hot as the chilli you've just eaten. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much no. credibility on that story. Yeah, but it's a good time to grow Jeez. them. Oh, my God, they love the heat. Absolutely love it. So... Chilies and capsicums are the same plant, right? Right. It's just that they have the the element that makes them hot, that is the only difference, and that is found just below the skin. Mm. So if you plant a, say, a chili of grade number 8 out of 10 Mm. on the heat scale, next to your beautiful red (sighs) big bell capsicums, you are going to end up with a capsicum that may give you a surprise. Yeah. Ouch. Because the flowers are very compatible for pollination because they are basically the same plant. Mm, mm. So, you know, when you say to your kids, eat your veggies raw, so much better for you. There have been instances where kids have had blisters on their lips because they're very enthusiastic parent has mm. put in a really hot chili because that's what they like but they've put it near a capsicum and and the same with chili so now we can get something like there's available now 60 different varieties of chilies where the heat rating goes from zero up to off the scale mm. Mm. Uh, why you would you know the scorpion chilies yeah i don't really understand why you'd eat those but you can build up a tolerance for the heat. But if you've got, say, like a beautiful little poblano chili, which is about five, but beautiful when it's roasted whole with garlic and olive oil or just in mm. pan fried, if you've got that and then you, you, whoever else lives in the house likes the scorpion chili, you have to make sure that they are planted a long way apart. Right, okay. Because people get three or four different varieties of chili and they put them all in the one bed. So you're going to end up with basically the same sort yeah. of chili. Yeah. And that's not what you want. That's especially not... if you don't want scorpion chili in your dinner. Absolutely. So yeah. there is a there is a scientific rating for the heat in chili. So do your research mm. before you go. Are there any special conditions that they should be in these chilies? Uh they need full sun. They do like a lot of water. So if you want to get lots of fruit, mm. you need to give them a lot of water. Unlike capsicums, they don't get sunburnt. Capsicums okay. will get sunburnt mm. because they're big and fleshy. Um, they need, that's it, water, full sun. They literally grow in any soil apart from clay. They don't like heavy, okay. heavy clay. But you can poke them in. They're just pretty. You get purple ones, you get orange ones, you get black ones, you get red that go green or green that go red. They're actually a really attractive. So rainbow chard and chilies, I just pop them in where I want a little splash of colour yeah. in the summer. Are they your favourite ones? <sighs> no, my favouritest, favouritest ever, 
ever veggie are peas. Love peas. Right. Can't grow enough peas. No. No, absolutely. Mm. They're tricky to grow, though, because they get so many viruses. Yeah. Mm. Do, do chilies get viruses? Not much. They actually don't get much attack. They get chili thrip. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. Chili thrip actually does attack chilies. Right. Uh, and tomatoes and capsicums. That's about it, really. They don't get. They don't seem to get any diseases at all. Fantastic. Let's plant some chili, but plant them a long way from the capsicum mm. and from the other chilies, from the scorpion yeah. chilies. We don't want that. Now let's get into some questions. Okay. Sabrina Graham in Carnup says, uh, "Sabrina and Mickey T. Mickey uh, T. That's me. Uh, when is the best time to call and aerate the lawn?" That is a great question, Graham. So it's a little bit early. Because it's as hot as Hades, and it will be, I would leave it till March. So the best times are sort of mid-spring, or if it's looking really crappy, then do it in March. You have to get growth back before winter. So Mm. March is good because April, May is still warm. So I'd be doing it around mid-March. Mm. Um, and then uh, if you want to wait, you wait till after winter, mid-spring. You can do it in summer, but not when you're going to get 38-plus degrees. Mm. You see sometimes people have had their lawn cored and it looks like little dog poos all over the lawn. <laughs> Is that good for it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, helps with compaction and those little little holes, they put compost or loam in it and it really helps the, the garden, mm. the lawn. All right. Stephen Albany says, uh, when to prune snow pear to spread for shade? Okay. So no be pruning snow pear now. So um, you, the best time to do your snow pears is July. Prune in July. All right, Sabrina, let's get to the phones. Lloyd okay. is in Katanning. Hello, Lloyd. Yes, good afternoon. G'day, Lloyd. Um, g'day. I've got a um, problem I see with my old rovers. They're probably 80 years old. Wow. Very old. Mm. Yeah. And well, the house is nearly 100 years old, so I say they're, they're very old and knobbly. But just this year, they had their first bloom, and a couple of them uh, haven't flowered again. Oh. But they're developing these um, lot, lot larger leaves on them. What's happening? Is it the rootstock coming, taking over or what? Well, the rootstock, Lloyd, would be, if the rose is around 80 years old, I don't know what they used for a rootstock in those days because the new rootstock is trifoliata, so it has leaves that have got three fingers on them and they're quite fine. No, this has just got... One, it's probably twice the size of the the oh, parent. Or, okay. Or, or, right. It's yeah, quite, yeah. twice the size and it's got one point on the end. Well, that probably is the rootstock, Lloyd, but I don't know what that rootstock would be because back in those days they grew most of their roses from a cutting because they didn't have yeah. the nurseries. But no. um, I would say if that's looking r- quite different to the other and it's yeah. you're like big and healthy and that's going to be the rootstock. So that means that that particular rose is very stressed um, yeah. and mm, may not make the distance. Apart no. from that, are they looking all right? Yeah, it's looking all right. Yeah. Okay, so cut that, cut that off, Lloyd. 
Yeah. Yep. Because well, it will overtake out, the rose. It's coming out of up the top part, you know, where the rest of the leaves are. It's not off the out of the ground. It's it's up with a, you know, above the ground. Yeah. Is it is it a square? Is it a different shape? Is it quite? Um, is it like an oblong? No, it's more like um, like a heart shape. Yeah. I reckon that's pretty weird. I think, Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, I've been here for fourteen years, and it's never happened before. It's just this year, but I reckon that's I reckon that's some sort of bizarre virus that may yeah. not be a bad thing. It'll be an interesting thing. You know what, Lloyd? Leave it on and let's see what happens. If it flowers and the flower is green, it's definitely a cluster virus that do all sorts of weird things to rose bushes. Yeah. I want you to leave it on and take – do you know how to send a photo to us here? Can you take, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you take a picture of it and send it to us here at ABC? Yeah. yeah. Because I, no I, I think that's very interesting. Vinny's in Willoughby. Hello, Vinny. Hello. Hi, guys. G'day. Hey. Tell us about your lemon tree, Vinny. Um, Sabrina, I'm in Willoughby. Yeah. Um, top trying to think if top I'm suburb. Sure and... Top suburb. Yeah, yeah, it is sandy as well. Um, I planted a Lipson probably over two years ago. Yeah. Um, it's probably... Nearly probably three, two and a half to three metres high. Yep. I haven't had anything come up on it, no fruit at all. Um, am I doing something wrong? Do I have to do something at all? Or? Nah, you know what, Vinny? Um, the Lisbon lemon takes a little while, usually takes about three years to fruit. So what it does is it puts all its energy into the canopy and to a root system. Then once it's done that, then it'll start giving you fruit. So your fruit is pretty near, I reckon. Um, Just make sure you water it three times a week in this heat. Um, And you don't fertilise it now, but as the – so come March, give it some fertiliser and fertilise it little and often. So every three months. All right. Thanks very much. Okay. Thanks, Finney. Go to John now. Uh, hello, John. Hi. How are you going? Yeah, good. You got some plum trees? No. No? Oh, yeah, they call it a plum. Kaffir plum. Oh, kaffir plum. Oh, right. Okay. Do you know, yeah. they're my favourite tree, John, and I was absolutely gutted when they developed a block around the corner from me. This beautiful big kaffir plum was out on the verge, did not need to be cut down, was actually a council tree. It would have been 60 years old, mm. massive canopy, gone. Right. Well, my question is I want to put it, I live in 2J. I wonder, will they grow in 2J? Absolutely. And yep. Absolutely. Yep, and, definitely. And about how, I, want to, I want to put them along the driveway, so about... Basically, the shade on the side of the paddock, but yep. also how far apart would they need to okay, be? Okay, they'll need to be five meters apart, five to five. seven meters, John, because they get about right. they get five meters wide. Right, oh, right, yeah, okay, then. And about how high? Uh, they'll get to twelve to fourteen meters high. Is that a bit high for you? No, 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 that's fine. Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, I can keep away from the power lines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do that. Yeah, no. I love them. Okay. I think they're a beautiful tree. Yeah, I've, I've only seen a photograph of them. Oh. I can't tell I've ever seen one. Yeah. Magnificent. So, that's great. And also, one quick question. I've got a, a 
a mandarin tree, yep. which is getting a lot of dead twigs in it. Mandarin trees do that and they don't like extreme heat. Yeah, so mandarins do very well in a cooler climate, but they don't like... So the, the twigginess of them mm. is to do with heat extremes. All right, thanks for calling in, John. Let's go to Meg in Melville. Uh, I want some suggestions, please. Uh, pots yep. about a metre tall, three of them, mm-hmm. against the grey wall mm-hmm. at the end of a pool that t- and the wall faces south. Have you got any bright ideas as to what we could put in them? Uh, you could put a Brainier Ironstone, B-R-E-Y-N-I-A, and you would need yeah. to keep it pruned at one metre, which you certainly can. No problem there. A Brainier what? Sorry. A Brainier, B-R-E-Y-N-I-A, Ironstone, because the, the leaf is the colour of iron. Oh, lovely. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's tough as old boots too, by the way. Well, that's what we like to hear. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't flower, um, but um, oh, it gets tiny little flower. But the foliage is beautiful and semi-weeping. Oh, fantastic! Sounds mm. great. Yeah, capital pear. If I just on another tap. Yeah, if a capital pear was planted six months ago and it hasn't got a leaf on it, but it still passes the green scratch. Oh, yeah. That you yep. talk about. Yep. Will it? Will it come good? Mm. All the others around it have. Mm. This well, is at Mossman Park. Yep, I would give. I reckon there's something wrong. I'd dig it up and have a look at the root zone. Okay, okay. Because there's something definitely not right. <laughs> yeah, because all the others are flat. Yeah. Um, Sometimes the root system of a plant is compromised and it just won't ever do anything. Dig it up, okay. have a look at it, and then if it seems all right, replant it. There we go. Kerry in Coogee, and Kerry has sent a photo, Sabrina. Hi, Kerry. Champion. Hi, Tets and Sabrina. Hello, yeah. Kerry. Hi, Sabrina. Oh, we're, got... we're looking at your photo now, Kerry. Yeah, you've got a lumpy, bumpy pumpkin. Yeah, it came up in an empty spot that doesn't get much water or any attention. Yeah. Uh, it, it, has it got a virus that nah. can kill us? No, nah, absolutely not. Very edible. Um, the lumpy bumpy pumpkin is because it's crossed with another type of pumpkin, uh, or a rock melon because they do that too. Uh, very edible. Nothing wrong with that. It's just some varietal characteristic. A hybrid. Now, if you cut that open and it looks like and tastes like a a rock melon, it's cross-pollinated. I did send a photo and I've cut it open and if it tastes like, I'd be happy if it tastes like a rock. <laughs> I know. You get lots of bang for your buck there. Mm, I've, I've seen the, we can see the photo from the outside, Kerry. Yeah. Did you see, did you send one from the inside? I did, but that's all right. It hasn't have much flavour. I probably didn't leave it for long because it had powdery mildew, but that's oh, all right. Okay. Anyway, it's very edible. What you have before you is definitely edible. Thanks, Sabrina. Okay. Right, good on you, Kerry. Thanks much for getting in touch. Uh, let's head to Millbridge now. Cyril's on the phone. Hi, Cyril. Good afternoon to you all. G'day. Morning, Cyril. Thanks for taking the call. You're back at last. I am um, indeed. Look out. <laughs> a couple of weeks back when you weren't there, I spoke to Mark. I can't send photos, but what I did, mm-hmm. 16 months ago, I bought what was supposed to be a tiny little... Tobacco plant it was oh. about 45 centimetres tall. Yeah. And anyway, that wasn't 
Mark couldn't help. Right. I've been out, gone to three different nurseries, and I found the exact replica, mm -hmm. 45 centimetres tall, and on the stem it says Ficus Bambino. Oh, well, you don't want that. If you, well, wanted, if you wanted a nicotinia and you've got a ficus, don't plant it. Well, this thing is now 10 foot high. Ah, oh, and that's just the beginning. Oh, no. Cyril, they have what? the most enormous, they call it bambino, not because it stays small, yeah. uh, but the leaf stays small, but the root system is gigantic. So it should go out into the bin. Oh, definitely. I'd be getting that out now while it's young. Oh, you've made my darling's heart. She doesn't <laughs> want it, doesn't <laughs> like it at all. <laughs> well, there you go. That's your um, Valentine's yes. Day present to her. Take it out tomorrow and go, look what I do for you, darling. Look what I do. Yeah. Thanks a million. Okay. Cheers, love. Keep Thanks, up Cyril. the good work. Thank Bye. you. Good idea, Cyril. Thanks much for getting in touch, Sabrina. Let's uh, let's do a text. Should we do a text? Well, we haven't done one for a little while, so we... let's, let's traverse the text line. Because we are multi-platform broadcasters, we are. Oh, look at us go. <laughs> now, Eric in Bassendine has texted through a photo. Mm. Uh, gifted a mango tree. It was in good health about three weeks ago. They noticed the leaves were curling up. It was in full sun, so they moved it onto the patio, but it started losing, continued losing leaves. It's getting plenty of water, but a couple of days ago, they checked the pot and it was absolutely dry and the root pot bound. He since repotted it. Uh, into a pot twice the size of the original one. Will it survive? Um, so we have a picture of a very withered, uh, droopy, sad, sunburnt-looking mango. Now, the great thing about mangoes is they can bounce back. So for anyone that has a young mango, you must put shade cloth around it for the first three summers. So leave it there for three years. They are very susceptible to sunburn. Once they're bigger... No problem whatsoever. So you've repotted it, you've put it in fresh mix, you've watered it and watered it and watered it, you've put it out of the sun, you have done all the right things, Eric, five stars for you. It will recover. Do not move it out from that patio until after this next big heat wave. Mm. Then gradually introduce it back into the sun. So give it morning sun, pull it back under the veranda for the afternoon sun. So gradually acclimatise it and then over this autumn and winter it will bed in, but you must put the shade cloth around it. All right, Eric, give that a whirl. Now, Alex in success on the text line as well, Sabrina. Mm. Um, aloe vera, good for the skin. Mm. Um, Alex's aloe vera plants have gone a rusty orange, have curled up. One was in heavy sun, the other in an open greenhouse with less sun. Not sure how to fix them. Okay, so that orange stuff will be their pustules. Pustules? Yes. That doesn't sound good. No, you don't want pustules. You want aloe vera to make your skin look nice. Not yeah. You don't want pustules on your skin. Absolutely not because <laughs> pustules crack and then all sorts of stuff foofs out of it, Tips. It's disgusting. Mm. So I would say it's a rust. Right. Uh, and those pustules are full of all the spores and they are, they completely rot the aloe vera. I'd cut off all the leaves, bin them. Mm then hope for the best. All right. Give that a go, Alex. Uh, let's go back to the telephone. Heather is in North Perth. Hi, Heather. Hi. How are you? Hey, good. Now, you're looking for a climbing plant. I am. I've got a um, west-facing brick wall, and my previous one didn't like this summer. And right. so um, 
just wondering if you can recommend something that is pretty hardy. Yep. So there's a couple of things that spring to mind immediately. There is a Canedia, Canedia nigricans, N-I-G-R-A-G. It has a black flower on it, a black pea flower with a yellow centre. It's a native yep. to Western Australia. It's a rampant grower, like it will cover a lot of stuff. Unkillable. So Canadian nigricans. And the other one I would put in there would be Pandoria ruby bells. Pandoria ruby, ruby bells. bells. They're the two toughest, strongest, most courageous climbers. Brilliant. Thank you. Okay, no worries, Heather. <laughs> Thank you for calling in, Heather. Uh, let's uh, head to the phone again. Hello, it's Mike and Sabrina. Oh, they're nope. gone. Maybe okay. They've, maybe they've gone outside in the garden. Maybe they have. Faye's in college. Hello. Oh, hello, Faye. Oh, look, I'm wondering, please. I um, I planted, um, I think there was four pumpkin seedlings. Mm-hmm. All by one of them carved it. Anyway, really? So I thought, huh. oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, it wasn't a very good um, place to plant them, I don't think. Okay. But anyway, I put, put a bit of stuff in the garden yep. and all of that. And yep. I planted some watermelon seedlings. Yep. Seedlings from the, the watermelon seedlings are flowering now. Yep. I'm just wondering, um, am I wasting my time leaving that pumpkin in there? Or no, not at all. Because right? yep, I would, I would be letting it go. Do the pollination yourself if you need to. If you haven't got bees. Um, now, what's happening, Faye? Is we supposedly autumn starts in March, but that is not true. Mm-hmm. Autumn actually does not start until April. So uh-huh. I would let those pumpkins roam free. Beautiful. All right. Thank yep. you. I just was worried. I thought, oh, I'm just, no. just going to water this thing and it's just going to sit there and do nothing. No, so. no. I reckon it'll do plenty. Oh, marvellous. All right. Well, thank you so much for your help. I really okay. appreciate it. Thanks, Faye. Have a lovely afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. You too, Faye. Thank Thanks you. for getting in touch. Uh, let's go back to the text line, Sabrina. A gay has texted in some photos of some agapanthers. They're looking a bit unwell. Um Two garden beds of agapanthers planted eight years ago. Both have been attacked by mealybug, one in particular killing the plants. Uh, what can I do to get rid of this problem with the bug? Uh, it happened, uh, stop it from happening next year. It happened last year as well. Yeah, look, mealybug is so difficult to control, particularly in agapanthers. Because what happens? It's, uh, it's Sorry, Sabrina, I just cut you off. I was going to go. Oh, oh. I thought that was Slim's microphone. Why have I left Slim's microphone on? <laughs> So what happens with mealybug is it gets into the leaf shaft where it, where the leaves emerge from the bulb. So unless you use a systemic spray, you can spray the top, but they keep reproducing. If you have agapanthus that are severely affected by mealybug, you cut all the leaves off, you dig the bulbs up, you put them in a laundry trough in hot water, and you leave them in that trough for 15 minutes. Mm. Now, some may die, but unless you do that or you use a systemic insecticide, the mealybug will keep coming back, and don't forget they're actually in the soil. Mm. So digging all the plants up really is the only way, Um, and there is a systemic uh, spray that you can get, but... Uh, it kills bees if anything is in flower and the bees go to to the to the pollen to collect pollen then it kills the bees so um 
it's an ethical mm. decision for that person to make. Dig the bulbs up, cut the leaves off, hot. They give them the hot yeah. tub. Give them the hot tub treatment. Mm. Those bulbs are pretty serious on Aga Panthers too, aren't they? <laughs> they are no joy to dig up tits. No joy at all. I tried it once at my place. Mm, you need um, you need a really good heavy matic. You've got a matic yeah. out. Yeah. I actually decided to get rid of a section of my garden, the Aga Panthers, when we first moved in. Mm-hmm. And so I dumped them all into a cardboard box with the intention of throwing them away. And about a month later, I thought, actually, that'd go really well in that other section. <laughs> I pulled them out, planted them. That was 13 years ago. They're going great. They are so tough. Yeah. Amazing. amazing. People <laughs> leave them out in the front verge and no one collects them for two months and then they do the same as you. They go, oh, no, I might be able to use Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's have a chat now to Leo in the vines. Hello, Leo. I've got some finger limes that are getting munched up by some grasshoppers. Oh, yeah. They've been shocking this year because they love the heat. Yep. Now, grasshoppers are incredibly difficult to control. Um, uh-huh. uh, it, you can use you can use a neem oil based spray. It won't kill them, but they don't like the taste of it. Um, if you see a cluster of them on your finger lime, you come up behind them because they can't see behind them, and you cut their heads off with a pair of secateurs. Yep, it's pretty interesting doing it with all the spikes of the finger lime. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there is that. Absolutely, there is that. Um, I would try to try the neem oil, Leo. Will do. Yeah. Uh, by the yeah. way, don't use that in temperatures above thirty-four degrees. Oh no, goodness no. Yeah. I know the finger lines are very sensitive. Yeah, you know? they are. They are. They're a bit like us here in the studio, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> with delicate pedals. Thank you, Leo, for texting in. Now, we've got a special uh, special guest on the phone, Sabrina. It's Mark oh. Tuchek. Hello, Mark. Hello, Ted. Hello, Sabrina. Hello, Mark. How are you? Thank you for filling in for me. My pleasure. And it's actually quite interesting. I was listening to, um, was it Cecil before? Yeah. That he rang Cyril. in about that. Oh, Cyril, beg your yeah. pardon. Yeah. And he rang in about the nicotine plant, which is actually yeah. a ficus. So yeah. that's... Cleared that up. No so. wonder, no wonder you couldn't figure out what it was because a <laughs> no, ficus no, was... doesn't look anything like a nicotine plant. That's right, and oh. so I was off the on the wrong track altogether. No, yes. you're, you're off the hook though. Now, Mark, you're you're feeling particularly romantic today because tomorrow is the most romantic day of the year. Oh, do well, not make no. me vomit, Mark. You're not going <laughs> well, to. We, we we all know that tomorrow is a special day for all the lovers, all oh. the romantic people. <laughs> And she, of course, she loves it really. And of course, it's Sabrina's birthday, so That's I've right. actually, I've actually put a, a very romantic poem together for, <laughs> just, just for Sabrina. Good, and, good, good. And I thought I'd share it with you guys. All right. Oh, please do, Mark. Don't uh, okay. if you if you hear dry reaching, it's just coming from me. Take it away, Mark. <laughs> and I've been working. I've been working on this for two months, Sabrina. So you know. <laughs> Day and night. Okay, you ready? Yep. Okay. Lily pillies are red and they're blue too. Sabrina, you're the best. I love you. There you go. (laughs) Do you know what? Out of all the soppy, sloppy, disgusting (laughs) Valentine's Day wishes, I think that's the only one that I would would accept with love back. Mr. Kuchek. 
It goes even further than that, Sabrina. Oh. I've actually taken the liberty of buying some very rare plants, two of them. Yeah. Not just one, two of them. Yeah. And I've put a little red bow on them, and they're called they're called yuccas. And <laughs> I've actually I'm actually dropping them off to your place. <laughs> As, as we speak. So there we what, go. What a shame there's a total fire ban, Mark. <laughs> oh, no. You, you can't torch them. Come on. You're a romantic man, Mark. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more.